Welcome to the Leading for Impact podcast, where we spotlight influential leaders in the nation's second largest school district, LA Unified. I'm Francisco Canche, proud co-host of the podcast, alongside Jamie Galgana. Welcome, everyone. And we're excited to bring you the voices of leading experts and practitioners who are making a positive impact on teaching and learning in their communities for all learners and families. Our guest today has proudly served almost four decades in various roles. He was a classroom teacher, school counselor, and administrator, and now he is making his impact as the LA Unified School Board member representing Board District 3. Please welcome Board Member Schmelson. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Welcome to our podcast. We're so happy to have you. Uh, it's such an honor. So let's go ahead and take it back to the beginning of your career. Uh, can you share with us how you got your start in education? Oh, I sure can. I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in high school, I belonged to a club called FTA, Future Teachers of America. <laughs> and there was also another club called FFA, Future Farmers of America. So I could have become a farmer, but I'm glad that I joined the FTA and I became a teacher. And in that club, we, we met often once a week to discuss becoming a teacher, and I also got to teach a class. And my favorite subject was Spanish, and I taught a class alone, wow. alone, and I liked it so much, so I was sure that I wanted to become a teacher. Wow. You know, we're so glad that you chose that teacher path rather than the future yeah, farmer Yeah, future path. farmer. Yeah, I could have been a farmer. I, I bet you I'd be a good farmer, too, but anyway. <laughs> I have a feeling you would be, too. Indeed, you would. So what led you to pursue that educational pathway? Well, I really feel that the education is the most important aspect of a child's life. Mm -hmm. You know, a good education results in a good citizen. Education can make you or it can break you. And I wanted to make sure that every child gets an excellent education. And Mr. Schmelson, as a parent, you're absolutely right. You know, it does result in a good citizen. And how important is it to create good citizens in the world? Can you share with us a little bit about your K-12 experience? I sure can. I had a very good education in Philadelphia from kindergarten to high school. I had great teachers. I learned a lot. And I was always a good student. I was taught that teachers needed to be respected, just like your own priest or your own rabbi. Mm. And I made sure I followed that rule. Mm -hmm. And I got an award in Spanish when I graduated, a gold medal. I still remember that. I was in the top 10% of my class, and I worked hard because I like to learn. Spanish. Uh, congratulations on that. Who knew you were fully bilingual in Spanish? <laughs> muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. <laughs> Can you share with us who were some of those influential people throughout your education career. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you right now, it were my Spanish teachers in junior high school and high school. I was so inspired by them. None of them were native speakers, and they were excellent teachers with excellent accents. They showed such interest in the subject, and it was so much fun. I thought, I can do that too. And I like learning about other cultures and other peoples, and those teachers made it so alive and I owe my career all to my Spanish teachers. Oh, wow. Well, shout out to your junior and high school Spanish teachers. I still remember them. Yep, it was Miss Boyer and Miss Radu. I never will forget them. Wow. Oh. They'd be really proud of you today. I'm sure they would. 
Well, let's now transition a little bit into your position as board member. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your priorities as a board member? Absolutely. I'm uh, very proud of three aspects of my work as a board member. Mm-hmm. Number one, I chair two committees, the Special Ed Committee and the Family and Community Engagement Committee. I also chair the Board District 3 Student Advisory Council. And let me tell you about them. I have a special place for special ed students in my heart. I really do. I was a special ed counselor at Virgil Middle School, and I saw that we had lots and lots of special ed students. And you know what? The regular counselors couldn't keep up with so many gen ed and special ed students. You know, Virgil was a very big year-round school. We had about 2,700 kids in that school. So I decided that I would take all of the special ed students, all of them, and I would be the designee for them because you had to spend so much time with them that it wasn't fair to mix them with the gen ed and not give everybody enough time. So I got to know the kids, I got to know their teachers, the support services, the social workers, the school psychologists, and I was the designee of the IEP team. And if parents didn't know the language, I would translate for them because it was very, very difficult. Even for English-speaking parents, the terminology in the IEP was very, very difficult. And I am just so proud that I was able to help the parents understand what was in the IEP that we developed at the meeting. And I kept telling my parents, you don't say yes, 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 if you don't know what's going on in the IEP. I need you to give your opinion and share about what's happening at home and make sure that the kids know we're giving them what they need. It is also important to understand the different levels of special ed. You know, I would tell the parents that the resource specialist program, the RSP program, is the least restrictive. And they need to understand the hierarchy of special ed, how they should transition, how they should meet their goals, and so they're not stuck in special ed forever. That's very important to me. Now let me talk a bit about my family and community engagement committee. Parents are such an important part of this committee. They have a lot to say about how their kids should be educated. And even though they don't have a teaching credential like our teachers do, they certainly have an opinion. And it's important for our school staff to listen to what parents and community members have to share. For example, when I was at Virgil, many of the kids lived in small apartments. It was very, very hard to study at home with the kids, the little kids and the TV and the music blaring. And, you know, it was difficult to study. So we tried to work it out where the kids would be able to study in the school library or other quiet places at the school. And I wanted the parents to know they needed a quiet place to study. And I said to the parents, hey, maybe you can take the kids out to play a little bit so the older ones have some quiet time at home. And they did. They did. I was very proud of that. So parents taught me so much about our website, our LAUSD website, and how difficult it was to use. Simple things, just like logging on. You know, you had to go to achieve dot lausd.net. If you didn't write achieve, you wouldn't get in there. Most parents don't know that you had to do achieve first. So they taught me how to streamline what needs to be flashing on that screen, what needed to be easy to find, and how to manipulate that website. And I was very, very happy that I learned so much from them. And I also appreciated helping our families and community become familiar with many issues like the inequities in oral health, 
The debate over legislation that would change school funding from being based on attendance to being based on enrollment. The changes in the meal plan. The program to provide free metro rides to our students. The responsibility of school-based staff that focuses on parent engagement and the compensatory education plan. These were all important things that our parents needed to know and they taught me many, many things. Next, let me briefly mention my Student Advisory Council. We developed the Student Advisory Council because we needed to have student voice for the resolutions that we produced and we wanted to hear student opinions. So we were the first board office to have a student advisory council, and we made sure it was equitable. So what do I mean by equitable? I mean every high school in Board District 3, a comprehensive high school, a continuation high school, or a special ed high school. They all mattered, and I need to hear from all three kinds of high schools. So that was very important to me. That's great. I love how you advocate for families, for your special education students, and also provide a space such as the Student Advisory Council to include that student voice. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, it's important to hear all the kids. I want to hear what he or she has to say. It's important to hear from them and for them to hear about other experiences from other students that they never heard of before, from their family experiences, their money experiences. And my takeaway from the Student Advisory Council was that all students have something to share. Absolutely. Every single one. Everyone was respected. And I'll give you an example. I had one kid from a continuation high school who had very ill parents, and he came as best as he could, and he loved to have a deck of cards in his hand the entire meeting, and he would shuffle these cards back and forth in his hand. And you know what? This was his coping mechanism. This is how he was able to concentrate and be part of the group. Not one student ever commented. Not one student ever made fun of him. They understood. It was just so wonderful that everyone understood each other. They were all so tolerant of each other. The icing on the cake was when we had Superintendent Carvalho and the local soups come for our capstone project. It was so impressing. Mr. Carvalho and the superintendents were blown away. I was so proud of their capstone projects. Well, Board Member Schmelson, thank you for all those examples of how you are leading for impact. As Jamie mentioned, the Student Advisory Council, the Special Ed Committee, the Family and Community Engagement. And now we find ourselves at, a, at the intersection of instruction and technology. What inspires you to advocate for high-impact, high-quality services for students and families? Well, let me tell you that I don't think we knew how hard things were until we had the pandemic. We didn't know how many kids did not have internet in their homes, didn't have computers in their homes. Many lived in low-income areas, and the internet providers probably thought, oh, no, it's too expensive to put internet in these areas. Uh, the parents can't afford it. And this is what happened. The pandemic showed us how serious this gap was. So many of our students had no computers, no internet, only the ones at school. And yet in other areas of my own district, some kids had two or three computers of their own. They had the latest technology, the latest everything, including the latest high-speed internet. So living through the pandemic, we have enabled our parents and our kids to experience technology without barriers of income. Doesn't matter where you live. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that, too. That was quite an interesting moment in time and quite an opportunity to really 
take our education to the next level with technology, ensuring that all families are connected. Digital Citizenship Week, also known as DigSit Week or DCW, is a national movement focused on empowering students by leveraging digital tools and resources to learn, create, communicate, and collaborate in a growing digital world. Every year, DigSit Week is celebrated in October. However, we invite you to recognize and implement digital citizenship year-round. Learn about digital citizenship in LA Unified and find resources at achieve.lausd.net forward slash digsit. All right, the next question is, what is one of the initiatives that you are most proud of? And that's an easy one for me. It is the dyslexia resolution. You know, when I first came to the board as a board member, nobody talked about dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And when I brought it up, people would say, oh, That's a medical condition, but it's not. It's a learning disability. And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. And now dyslexia is part of the IEP process. I am so proud of what we've been able to accomplish. We also trained our parents. Now, we trained them not to diagnose dyslexia, but at least to know some of the things that they need to notice in their child's learning And this may mean that they have dyslexia. I don't want parents to be my diagnosticians. That's not what their job is. Their job is to see, hey, my kid does experience some of these things that dyslexia does trigger. So we did all these workshops through the Parent Community Services Division in English and Spanish. It was just wonderful, okay? Now, as far as our teachers go, we trained our resource specialist teachers in dyslexia diagnostics so they can come back and teach the gen ed teachers what to look for and some solutions to the kids to overcome these challenges. We wanted them to learn about programs like the Orton Gillingham program, which is a very, very well-respected program. And I did go to see how it worked when I visited Beckford Elementary School and I was very, very impressed. Here was a big problem. The RST teachers were invited to go as a voluntary program, not a mandatory program, and they were supposed to go and bring back the information to the gen ed teachers. And that didn't work because it was on a Saturday. And it was optional, so Saturday and optional. It can't be optional. It just cannot be optional. That means you're not taking it seriously. So some couldn't do it because Saturday was a religious day for them. Others had other obligations on Saturday. So I got our superintendent to make it mandatory for this year. Yay. Uh Teachers would be trained during the week, paid, of course, Mm -hmm. and they would get a substitute teacher, and they would take this training, come back to the school, and train all grade levels on how to teach with the Orton-Gillingham method. That's an accomplishment, I'm telling you. I'm very proud of that. And let me just say once again, dyslexia is not a special ed problem. It's a general education problem. There are kids in special ed with dyslexia because we didn't catch them when they were in gen ed, but now we can fix it. It can be conquered. It can be done. My philosophy is that so many kids who have behavior problems, it's due to dyslexia. They get so frustrated, they can't read, and they make noise and carry on because they don't know what to do. They're frustrated. And this is a way to help discipline problems and solve the educational problem at the same time. Once again, leading for impact there, listeners. Board Member Schmelson, you've shared your 
K-12 experience. You've shared your experience as a classroom teacher, as an admin. Now, as we look into the future, what impact on education would you like to have? Well, I like to make sure that there's a program where there's buy-in from the parents and recognition of the classified staff on a child's education. Now, I support teachers because teachers are the closest to the kids in their learning, and that's why I'm so supportive. But parents have a role too. Parents need to observe, give their opinions and their suggestions. And don't forget about all of our classified people at the school. They're all there for the kids. We have our teacher aides, our educational aides, our cafeteria aides, our custodial staff, and they all work so hard. And we should recognize their role in ensuring a good education for all of the kids. You know, these are the workers that make sure the kids have something to eat that they like. And when these classified people are friendly with the kids and they understand the kids, they advocate for the kids. No matter what your job is, Classify people, you are helping the kids to get a good education. Now, sometimes we can step out of your role as a classified person. Everybody matters. Kids yes. will gravitate to people they are comfortable with. We are all mandated reporters, not just for child abuse, but also to see if there's something that's not right with a certain kid. Like, for example, the office clerks in the main office, they know who's been late too much. They know who looks a little bit unkempt. Everybody, everybody in the school is a junior counselor, in my opinion, at school. You know, when I visit schools now, uh, I pay attention to see which kids are not socializing. If they're not eating, I invite them to the cafeteria to find an apple. No child should ever eat alone. And, you know, what matters to me the most is these three words. We are family. Everybody matters. It is certainly an all-hands-on-deck effort. I love that your three words are we are family because that is so important Everyone included, parents, classified employees, we're all contributing to the success of every single student. So I'm glad that's how you lead and that is what you imagine your future impact on education is. I do. <laughs> so let's kind of tease that idea out a little more. If you were to have a magic wand to change, to improve schools, what would you be most excited to change in your district or see when you return after five years into the future? Now, remember I said that teachers are so important to the kids' education because they're closest to the kids. When I go back in five years, I like to see that everyone is a teacher at school, no matter what the subject, no matter what the job, everyone is a teacher at the school. Mm -hmm. I like to make sure that schools are a friendly place. I like to make sure that everyone matters and lastly, that all employees, every single one of us work for the benefit of the kids. Absolutely. Board member Schmelson, I would like to thank you not only for being on our podcast. Thank you for taking the time. I mean, I know you're super busy with matter of fact, you just had a committee earlier today and here you are with us. So thank you for making the time, but also for being a supporter of the expansion of computer science. I know you have attended computer science events in person, virtually, and soon we'll get back to in person. So we look forward to once again, seeing you supporting that expansion as it goes district wide. So it's been a true joy really having you here. Uh, Jamie, any closing words for board member Schmelson? 
I just want to say what a pleasure it was. I Today was my first day meeting you, and it's just so exciting to hear you listening to your story, what your initiatives are, what your hopes are for education, and just the joy that you bring to this space. I really appreciate you joining us today. Well, thank you. The feelings are absolutely mutual. Thank you so much. Thank you. So this wraps up the first episode of season two, episode nine with Mr. Scott Schmerelson, LA Unified member for Board District 3. Thank you all for tuning in and we will see you on the next episode of the Leading for Impact podcast brought to you by the LA Unified Division of Instruction, Instructional Technology Initiative 2022.